Start in our parsha. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What? Um, okay, so first of all, I I wish I could just blame everything on like the situation. Um, I made a massive mistake last week in, in class, and I woke up on Shabbos and I'm like, what? And then I was like, I even looked in a chumash and I got my information wrong. Um, and if you've been following the parsha, you know that the Tower of Babel, the Tower of Babel, did not happen last week, right? I actually, I looked in the puzzle. I saw That's words. I, I, I cited chapter and verse. I don't know. I, I, I said something. I was like, no, she No, no, no. You should totally say something. You should totally say something. Because also, Sima was like, didn't that happen later? Yes, yes. And, and, and I was like, you know what? I no, I wanted to say something. And I was another person. As I was saying it, I in my head, I had a huh? But I really thought I saw it in the Chumash. So my only excuse was that my son went to the army the day before, and my brain wasn't working fully. But um, I mean, we still could use a cry of unity, but correct, correct, correct. But but it's like it's still it was good last week, but it's still it's it's not actually last week. It's this week. Um, oh, it's, it's, it's in this week's parsha. It's in Noah. It's at the end of Noah. It's the end. It's towards Wait, the end of Noah. It, oh, we were, Noah is born in Bereshit. He's but born in Bereshit. Tower of Babel only. Exactly, but the Tower of Babel does not happen in Bereshit. So oh. next time you hear me say something stupid or like, huh, please call me out on it. Thank you. Then I won't feel like, I literally, I woke up Sean this morning. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's really funny. That was crazy. I went, through, I went through the whole part again. Maybe I'm not crazy. No, I was crazy. Okay. So here. But you can still blame it on everything going on. Okay. I mean, that's better than, yeah. Either way, it was. I respect more that you're remembering and bringing no, I want to No, no, I say that. I was gonna call you Matzah Shabbos and say to take down the post, the Bracious post, and then I thought I need to get on recording that I made a mistake, and then we can discuss. I think about taking it down. I think we should take it down, but that's a different conversation. But uh, I wanted to get. What it, is this class also recorded? It gets recorded. Uh, yeah. Um, I have no idea. I've seen so many. I really listen to these things. Why you heard them? I know, but I want to hear my voice. Oh. Good. <laughs> She does, she does, yeah. Oh, you don't. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, so here we are, Parshas Noyach. Okay? Parshas Noyach, here we are. So our Parsha starts off. Uh, Ela told us Noach, these are the offsprings of Noach. Noach was a righteous person. Noach ish tzadik hayab Did you guys, in Chumash, I think you learned like uh, stop signs and all that kind of stuff in the Pesukim? Like where things pauses and... A little wishbone. Yeah. yeah, the wishbone thing is like a full stop and the... Those little things like that are like commas, so we'll try to keep phrases together, um, right? And Noach walked with God. So that's our introduction to Noach. Um, and um, and I want to start and say, uh, the Rashi says over here, um, Rashi brings on Bidor Tav, which is the not the first Rashi, but the second Rashi over here. Um, we're gonna we're gonna sort of stick on a couple of things because I think everybody has a general view of the parsha. <laughs> World was terrible. God said to Noah, build an ark, and then he flooded it, and then they came out, <laughs> and then and then they had a tower bubble, <laughs> and then they had a tower bubble. Um, uh, but so I want to what so Bidor Tav. So so then we have this conversation. 
there are those of our rabbis, who say this as a praise of Noach, that he was in his gen- that he was a tzaddik in his generation, that in you know, everybody was so terrible, and he was, you know, like how much harder is it to be a good person when everybody around you is terrible? And um, then there's some Shadarsh Motolganaiders who who uh, who call him out on it. It's like a it's a it's um Ganai is like I'm losing the word for Ganai. It's like um like a bad thing. Oh, compared to everybody else, he was a tzaddik. But stick him in a generation with Avram and see how he and see how he measures up. Okay, I want to sit on this for a little bit before we get into his whole story because it's a weird thing. Yeah, isn't that kind of rude? Yes, yes. A, it's kind of rude. B, we don't have it happen with anybody else. We don't have anybody in the who's like, well, some people think he was awesome and dumb. some people think he was terrible. We don't have it any place. But yeah. Because isn't Noah also like later on in the Gemara, he's criticized like when Abraham, no, when Hashem wants to destroy the city of Saddam, Abraham says no. But then whenever, or like he goes against it, but Noah says it. He says, okay, you want to destroy the world? Right, then. right. No, but so it's interesting because in the Haftorah, the Haftorah for this Parsha, the waters are called Main Noah. And we'll get into that in a second. Yeah. But here... Like, like how, how would you call, like, uh, waters that are flooding and destroying the city and the waters of a person who was literally the one who saved the people from right, the water? Right, right. So, no. Well, it's a conversation. Like, is it called, is it called Maynoch, the waters of Maynoch, because he saved everybody? And as, as, as Sidney's pointing out, the Gemara does sort of hold him liable for the fact that it happened. We're going to talk about it in a second. But it's very weird that this is actually a conversation... In Torah. Like, when do we say, well, you know, he wasn't so good. Like, we don't do that about people. We don't say... Yeah, it's not nice. It's really not nice. <laughs> it's really not so nice. Um, uh, so so, so there's, there's a lot of interesting things going on about this. And, and especially, um, you know, Rashi actually says, Rashi says, if he was in the generation of Avraham, he would not have been counted as anything. And guess what? Noah and Avram actually lived together for about 48 years. Really? 48, yes, yes, yeah, they actually overlap okay, so lifetimes. Okay, was born in Avram was also born in Not in Parshish uh, We hear of Avram's birth at the end of Noah. The end of Parshish Noah, we're going to have a genealogy. We have generations from Adam to Noah in Barashish. And in the end of Noah, we're going to have generations from Noah to Avram. Well, ten generations yeah, here and ten generations here. So Avram's going to get mentioned in this partial, yes. But if we actually look at the years that they lived, Noah was 950 years. <laughs> a long time, you know? And the Medrash talks about how part of Avram's search was that he didn't encounter Noah. And he, so like they, they did exist in the same generation. Um, and then that's, that's more of a, an Avram conversation, but sort of like... When the when the when the Chacham talk about a, a, a person's generation, the question is, where do you influence that generation? So by the time Avram comes on the scene, Noah is no longer the main influencer in 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 that generation. But it's it's still it's like a weird kind of thing. It's like why do we want to harp on this conversation? Let's say, for argument's sake, that first of all, let's say that they did say it because they did say it, right? Like why is Rashi bringing it? Rashi's like. Why is it why is it nice? Why is it relevant to say he was awesome? Compared like and the other's like, eh you know, he was only compared he was only compared to that. There's a lot of conversation that goes on about uh, that goes on around about this. 
One of the things that's very interesting, if you actually look at Rashi, it says, the, the rabbis, there are those of our rabbis that uh, counted as a praise for him. And then it says, Viyesh, and there are those that counted as a, what word do they have for Gnai? It's going to be in that Rashi. Uh, I'm not Huh? I'm not okay, fine. Okay, and there are those that counted as like a negative for him, right? So yeah. one of the Hasidic Shasvarim talked about the idea that there are Beseda, the people who were involved in her knowledge role, the rabbis, they saw this as a praise. And, the, and like the, the people in the street were like him, you know? They're like, whatever. But one thing I saw, and that's really why I wanted to sort of sit on it for a second, it was nobody else's conversation except his own. It was, it was Noah's conversation with, with himself. himself. How well am I doing? He is being rude to himself. No, not being rude to himself. <laughs> and, I, and maybe it's like a little bit of a spoiler, but it's not such a spoiler because you actually know the end of the story. When he looks at how he did, and it's, rel- and it's relevant for us, when he looked at how well he succeeded in the task that he was given, how does he look at himself? Negatively. He no, gam, gam yeah. He does both. He really has both of those kind of situations going on. He's like, on the one hand, he did a really good job, and on the yeah, other hand, sad. and on the other hand, did I did I tick all the boxes? Yeah. yeah. Did I build the ark? Did I get all the animals on? Did I get that? 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 I did. But did I do it? And at the end of the day, when you look back and you say. Did he do what God wanted him to do? Mm-hmm. Jury's out. Because at the end of the day, yeah. how many people get on that ark? Just eight, eight seven? Eight. 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 Noah and his wife and his three sons and his three daughters-in-law. And the animals and the plants and the blah, blah, blah. And yes, so he saved humanity and he saved the world and all of that. But at the end of the day, and here's, I don't know, it's actually not so clear from the, from the text, but Rashi brings it, and unfortunately talk about it a lot. Do you know how long it took Noah to build the ark? It's like 150 years. 120 years. It took him 120 years to build the ark. And he did every single part of it on his own. From, the Medrash says, he planted the trees that had to grow to be the length that he needed them to do. And everything for 120 years... He was the crazy man in the neighborhood when they said, why are you planting trees? He said, because God is, God's unhappy with the way the world is and he's going to bring a flood right. and you're all going to die unless you repent. And then the trees grew and grew and grew and then he cut them down and they're like, no, why are you cutting down you know, Yosemite? You know, like, why are you cutting it down? And he's like, because God is upset with what you're doing. He's going to bring a flood and I'm going to make these trees into boards to build a boat. So 120 years. He's building the boat. He's involved with what Hashem told him to do. And at the end of 120 years, he convinced nobody. He convinced nobody of the justice of what he was saying. Not, I mean, his family. But beyond that, there was nobody who drank his Kool-Aid. Nobody who understood what was going, who really believed what he was saying. But what if, like, I mean, in last talks about it, but if he wasn't done building it when the flood came. Like, if the ark took him so long to build. No, the ark was ready. The ark was built. 
It wasn't a question that the ark wasn't finished. The question is, you know, we could look at it today and say he had he, he needed somebody to work his social media account a little bit better. He needed to like, but I, I bring it up because because if we can't learn something from Noah, then then like we've missed the opportunity. And I think that sometimes in our lives, something is going on that we are responsible for. And at the end of the day, we can actually tick the boxes and we can say, we did everything that was asked of us. But we didn't actually do it. And that's the big question. And that's really the big question that we need to ask ourselves. Are we doing what Hashem wants or are we doing Hashem's will? Because if we're doing what Hashem wants, like it's a checklist. Mm-hmm. I did this, I did that, I did the other. But if I'm doing what Hashem wants, I can't sleep at night if it isn't done. Yeah. That's, that's the big question. And we're going to look at some of the other psukim and like, it's very clear, especially from a lot of Sishvarm, like Noah gets onto that, that arc very, very, it's, 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 it's complicated. <laughs> It's complicated, right? <laughs> but I think, like, even in the introduction to our Chumash and into our Parsha, and it's something that it's so interesting that it lingers across Mepharshim, across the commentaries. Nobody, you know, nobody is, is um, nobody's ambivalent about Noah. They're very strong. Either he was really good or he was really not good. Like, and, and like you say, what, why? What, what, what difference does it make? And I think that if we can take away a lesson for ourselves that says, how are we doing what Hashem wants us? Are we doing it like an employee, nine to five job, and when it's done, whenever our we clock out and it's over? Um, or, um, yeah, or, or is it something that keeps us up at night and, and, and we keep thinking about how can we do it better and did we do it to the fullest? Da, da, da. I think that's part of what's very important uh, to, to like the headspace. But did he get this? Like, did he uh, like stumble on the self reflection after the, he couldn't exit? Like Hashem was like, okay, it's it's over. Like now, now, now it's over. You know what I mean? Now you exit the and this this whole conversation about why Noah didn't wanna like the midrash. Why Noah didn't wanna um, like exit and go out well, to the world after the It's gonna go. It's, we're gonna go. But, like, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying because it's like this. No, it's actually going to show. You're going to. We're going to actually see a nuance even earlier. Okay, oh, okay. so give me a second. I'll show, and, and, and we're going to go over here. Okay, so first of all, we have. So we have the beginning of the conversation. He has these yeah. three sons, and the world is terrible. Da da da. Right, and Hashem says, "Yalla, let's 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 reboot. Yeah. Let's reboot. Absolutely. Yes." He says himself. Basically, like, if I was in the Abraham generation, then... No, Rashi brings Rashi it. Rashi brings it. Rashi like, brings Abraham it. Abraham doesn't exist right now. Correct. Rashi brings it as a... Uh, he's bringing it from the Gemara. We know Rashi doesn't actually quote his sources. It's not footnoted. Um, but Ra- and, but the people who, who like, study Rashi can t- tell you where it's from. So it's coming through, it comes from the Gemara about that there are some who, who when it has this conversation, this... A tzaddik sav, a tzaddik in his generations, which is a different nuance, but they're like, what does that mean, a tzaddik in his generation? Like, either you are or you aren't. And so therefore, that's where that's what Rashi's quoting from the Gemara, where they have that conversation. Was he a tzaddik or wasn't he a tzaddik? Was he a tzaddik only relative to his generation? Actually, what Rashi brings first is that he was a, 
He was a tzaddik even, you know, in spite of his generation. That's like a, whoa, way to go. Or the reverse that, in, you know, yeah, compared to everybody else, he looked pretty good. Um, okay, now I want him, so, okay, so he's going to have this whole situation. And Hashem gives him the instructions exactly how to build it, how long it should be, how, how uh, the, 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 the levels and the, the, oh my gosh. It's not called levels. That's like a floors. floors. I'm like that's like doesn't sound like an English word to describe this, right? It's gonna be three floors. There's gonna be a place for the human beings. There's gonna be a place for animals. There's gonna be a place for storage and food and all this kind of stuff. And have this sohar, which some kind of light. We oh, so I think somebody talked about it in a different class. Was it a light? Was it a window? Whatever it was. And they have a, a door on the side. All very very detailed. Lots of. Um, uh, tar and pitch, um, and part of the Persian actually talked about part of the reason it took him so long was he kept getting sick from the it's very strong smelling stuff. And a parenthesis, um, we know that in the book of Shemos, when Moshe's mother makes him a basket to float him on the oh. Nile, she also uses a lot of these a lot of these uh, things. She uses this chomer, but she only uses it on the outside. And there it says, first of all, that Moshe shouldn't smell the terrible smells of this tar, this tar pitch, whatever, and also because he was going to be floating on a Nile, which was not as tumultuous as what Noah was going to, his boat was going to have so to be put through. So it had to be really, 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 really very strong, reinforce the whole situation, and they were going to come, the animals are going to, I was wondering, how did they, <laughs> how do you pick uh, those two lions, those two tigers? No, they came to Noah, um, and they get onto the table. Oh, they came. They came. They, they came. They oh, came. So he didn't have to go across the world and, and collect them all. He, they just came. Um, and so we have the, the two guys. Is that also why it took 120 years? No. <laughs> I, saw, I saw a meme of two dinosaurs standing on a, they're on like a hill and the, the yeah, ark yeah, is floating. Yeah. Oh, like, that was. Oh, was that today? That's good. That's our instinct. So. <laughs> Um, okay, so they go. Okay, so then, okay, so then he has all the animals, and there's we have two, a male, female of every non-kosher animal. We have seven pairs of each of the kosher animals, and the birds come in. Okay, uh, chapter seven, verse five. Noah does everything that Hashem said, and he's six hundred years old, and now the marvel is going to start. Okay, so uh, chapter seven, verse seven. So Noah and his sons and his wife and his daughters-in-law. Uh, come with him into the ark, because of the, because of because of the rain is going to start right. So if we go back to Rashi again a second, um, so his family believed him. His family believed him. Bo-sha. Yeah, I was going to say I was, was going to say you said Baruch Hashem, I was in Shkoyach. Yeah. Great. No, so make sure your family, you're not a you're not a doctor. It wasn't one of those situations where like you're you're crazy, you know. <laughs> Like or, we don't know. The truth is we don't know. The truth is we don't. Do they yeah. think you're crazy, but we'll go along with you? Uh-huh. Or do they really, like, either way, they get, on, they get on a boat with their family, like, with their wives. Like, we do have that. One of the things that Rashi points out, that the men and the women were separate in the ark. They were not allowed to be together. If the whole world's in time of destruction, you can't find comfort uh, with your wife. So they all, they go in now. Noah and his sons and his wife and his daughters-in-law. Anybody know what Noah's wife's name was? Her name was Naama. Oh, yeah. Naama. We have her. We have that at the end of Naama. 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 
No, what's the name Naama? Yeah. I had a girl. Right, her name was Naama? Nama. No, my friend Naama married Noah. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember that was like a whole thing. <laughs> what does it mean? Uh, like pleasant and beautiful. And so, so both of them, what? So both of them actually have like these very common names, right? Yeah. Noah means comfort and Naama is like also very common. Um, it says that rain fell on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. And then it says that Noah's family and the animals come in. Is that like correct order in time or is it just Where are you? Give me chapters and verses. Um, you're ahead of us. No. Oh you're ahead of us. Okay. So in seven, in verse seven they're coming in. No, the forty days, forty nights, that is talking about the idea that they were in the ark already. It's not that they were here they go in. But in in seven seven, Noah and his sons and his wife and her daughters and all go into the ark. Uh, because of the oh, so Rashi says a very interesting, a second interesting thing. He's, that's a good question. There's a lot of repetition over here. Um, so one of the things that Rashi says over here, um, in uh, over here, because of the because of the waters of the flood. So Rashi says, Af was also of those of little faith. He believed, but he didn't really believe that the flood was going to really come. And so therefore, So he didn't go in until Noah, that's what Rashi says, that Noah doesn't go in until it really starts to rain. Like, imagine he's working on this for 120 years, which would maybe, perhaps, explain why he wasn't able to super convince anybody of the veracity of his cause. Because he didn't really believe it, right? Okay, but wait. So it says, he was of those of little faith. He believed, but he didn't really believe. So there's a Siddish of art, and I forgot, I, oh, I forgot who said it. I, I have to double check it for the source, because I was going to say the Kutzker, but it's not a Kutzker of art for sure. I think it's from, I think it's from, um, um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make it up. I'll. I'll get back to you on that. And he says you need to change the punctuation on the, on, on this Rashi. And he says, Af Noach mikatne emuna hayamaimin. Noach also believed in those who had little faith. And he didn't believe that the Mabu was gonna come. He he really believed that the people were gonna do tshuva. All of those people who were like, who were like. You know, making faces and, and writing nasty posts, posts on Facebook. He really did believe that when push came to shove, they were going to do tshuva. So he didn't want to get, he wasn't going in and locking himself in because he really didn't believe it was going to happen because he figured that he really believed that the people were going to do tshuva. But once it started raining, that's when he was like, Okay. Yeah. yeah. But isn't that how life is, though? Like, we, we, we feel like we do something, but we're like, okay, I'm going to do this. Does it make sense? And then, like, when I was going to come here to Yerushalayim, I was, I felt on my heart it was to come, and I was doing all the things to do it, but I thought, I don't see how this is going to happen, but I'm going to walk through it anyway. Right. It's like, you, you have right. the right. to do it, but then you're like, oh. Right. So, so, so really, you could actually see both things. Like, on the one hand, you would say, even if he didn't totally believe, see, even the fact that, he, even if he, that Harashi says it, that even if he didn't totally believe, but he was still doing the work to make it happen, that's something very, very powerful. Mm. Um, and and, it have a, and then the Finnish interpretation 
is like how much can we believe in the power of other people? And that's really what it is, that he really believed that the other people were gonna step up to the plate and they were gonna really do tshuva. And in fact, Rashi says that the waters of the flood start as calm waters, gentle waters of bracha. Like, it's starting. How do you feel about it now? How do you feel about it now? And like, and still nobody was like, Taking yeah, it. Right. Nobody's kicking nobody's in. So that's, that's something, right? Um, um, so wait, is it weird? Because it says that Hashem tells Moshe, ha, not Moshe, no, wrong person. Hashem tells Noah. Wrong um, <laughs> Right, wrong um, uh Oh, so here he's going to, now he's going he's gonna to actually continue over here. So then they're, so they go in, they, and, and um, they're going to, oh, so there's actually a delay of seven days uh, before the, the flood actually starts. Um, and, um, and Rashi says, because Methuselah, Methuselah passed away, and that was going to be his, the week of Shiva. So there's one more week, sort of grace period for the people. Methuselah, Methuselah, the person who lived the longest in all of recorded biblical history. He was Noah's grandfather. If I'm not mistaken, we should check the chart from last week to make sure that I'm not making this one up. I don't know why he wasn't going on the mark. Oh, ark. He lived 900 and because he died. Yeah, I'm saying like I don't know that he died because he was getting punished. I think he just died because he was old. <laughs> no, I'm right. Because Noah wasn't old at 600. So you're saying that the small raids were starting, but then they went a week. No, no, no. So th- this is also going to happen. No, so I'm pausing a second. I'm saying actually that. And we're following up on what Zahava was saying, like the ark is ready, we're ready to start, we're starting to load the animals, and then we're going to wait a week. Okay, that's what it looks like from Sukkot, because then they have the week for Mr. Shalach, the Shiva, and then we have, um, and then we have over here, um, where does it say, Boateva? Hashem tells him to go into the ark, but I think, I can't, I can't find the verse. Um, so in verse seven, chapter 7, verse 11, it tells us in the 600th, 6th, a uh, year of Noah's life in the second month on the 17th day of the month on that day all the all the wellsprings of the depths and the windows of heaven opened up and we have 40 days and 40 nights of, of lots of rain coming from the top from the bottom all that's going to happen um, but everyone in the ark totally they're in the ark safe. they're totally safe I, I can't someplace over here talks about the idea from up and down and the boat they're on the mountain no they're not on the mountain he didn't build it on a mountain yeah they did no he didn't no he landed on he landed on he landed on the mountain afterwards we're getting ahead of ourselves he didn't land yet they just (laughs) get in um um so when Noah and his family go in uh oh Bono okay it'll be here here in, in verse 9 it says that they went into the ark a bow, uh, no, two, two, two right two, they came to Noah into the ark. Um, I can't find the verse where it says go into the ark. I didn't see it, it just says as God commanded them. But it there actually does say it someplace, so we're going to keep our eyes open because uh, it's going to be very relevant. So I want to say, I want to say something. That wasn't a very well, might have been in the beginning. It says into the ark, is that what you're yeah, but that's the that's the animals came into the ark. Um, oh, hello, chapter seven, verse one. Hashem says to Noah, Bo atah b'chol b'schah el teva. All of you get into the get into the ark because I saw that you're righteous, um, and then all the animals are going to come in. Um, so I want to pause for a second. And the Balshemtov says that a teva, which is an ark, 
also means a word. A teva means a word. A word. And the Balshemta says that boil a teva means to go into the words of davening and learning. Um, and every single day, as we go through our lives and we start our day, and we are going to be faced with a flood of various proportions. Sometimes it's going to be sort of mild, and sometimes it's going to be not so mild. Um, uh, so Valshanta says, go into that place, and those words of Torah and those words of tefillah are going to be a sanctuary for you, for whatever else, whatever's going on around you uh, in the Balagan outside. Um, and I, and so I think it's definitely like when in the in the bigger picture, I think it's something that's very, very, very important. I, I talk about it a lot. I think that we need to have whatever words it is that we use for prayer um, to keep those lines of communication with God open. We know the worst thing you can do if you're in a fight with somebody is giving them silent treatment. So we don't have to always agree with the stuff that we see going on, but we should not be giving God the silent treatment. And this is what the Valshanta says, that actually the words of davening and learning are going to be a sanctuary for us, and then, and then we'll be able to deal with whatever happens. So I, I want to make a plug for everybody. Um, it does. I mean, if you have hours and hours, that's great. But if you have a solid five to ten minutes, and all of us can have that if we decide that we're not touching our phone until we talk to God, um, take five to ten minutes and, and say and speak to God and, and daven and go into those words and, and then go face the world. You know, yeah, you could always do it another time later on. But somehow that powerful space of as we're starting, even even and not excluding, you know, starting our day with Modani and start, starting immediately with putting ourselves into that headspace of how am I going to manage? I'm going to manage because I'm not by myself. I'm with God. I'm going into those words of Torah, going into those words of davening, and that's how I'm going to be able to, to deal with whatever else is going to happen. Um, so I, I wanted to for sure make sure to talk about that. The other thing that I wanted to talk about is that... Um, uh, it talks about here, Rashi says, if I don't find it, I think it's here. Okay, so for, I want to say, first of all, I want to say we have a date here. We have a date. What's the date? Anybody remember the date that the, the novel started? The 7th. No. Do no. math again. Check it again. 17th. The 17th of, of a month. Give me a month. This month. So, so it's interesting. So it's interesting. Here it says, Bechodesh Hashemi. Second month. In the second month, right? And so, in, either, so what are our two options? It could be Cheshvan or it could be... Or Iyar, right? Iyar. Nisan is, ah. Nisan is always, Nisan is always called the first month. In, in, in the Jewish calendar, in the Torah, we don't have names for the months. We have one, two, three, four, five, six. As they, they're counted by the month. Chodesh HaRishon, the first month, is always Nisan, okay? So then one could say, where do we even have this conversation? But there is a conversation within the, within the Gemara that which is the second month. So Rabbi Eliezer says, it's Mar Cheshvan, which is the month that we're in. And Rabbi Yeshua says, it's Iyar. So we, it is generally accepted that it is in this month. It the is, first month in the Torah is Nisan. Is Nisan. The first month for us is Tishrei. Tishrei. Because of Rosh Hashanah. Correct. The, they're counted for different things, okay? I don't want to complicate the issue, but actually the Gemara says that there are four Rosh Hashanahs. Right. There are four Rosh Hashanahs. For the trees. There's for the trees, there's for the animals, there's for the kings, 
and there's four tides. Okay, so there's four different Rosh Hashanahs that are going on. So I don't, I, I'm just putting out here, I know that it's generally accepted that it's the month of Cheshvan, but I'm wondering why it's even a question. That's my, that's my question. I don't have an answer. I'm bringing the question, I don't have the answer. Okay? Why is it even a question? Why is it a question? Because it says, if it says the second month, Chodesh Hashemi in Torah is always, would be here. So I don't know why it's a question. And I don't know, I'm giving you, and I don't know how we went from it could be this or that to it being accepted that it's the month of Cheshvan. That's my question. I don't know. I, I'm just raising the question. So we have the 17th of Mar Cheshvan. I wonder if it's the second month after Kri... No, no. Years. They have a conversation about creation. One looks pretty... Oh, so good. You know. Um, and it's in the 600th year of Noah's life. Okay. And um, if you were going to look at the in creation years... It's going to be the year 10, I think 1048 or 1060, I don't remember exactly. I'm putting a question mark here because I'm not sure. But it's about then. We could, we could, somebody who has a, we could, we could track it in the, in the Chumash, but it's about that in creation years. Um, and what's going to happen is that, uh, how long are they, no, how long are they in the? 40 days, 40. So okay, so yes, yes. Right, so for 40 days, so for 40 days and for 40 nights, um, 40 days and 40 nights, we have active rain coming from above and from below. What? 600 years of... No. It was, no, it was, it was his, he was 600 years, 600 years old when he started. Um, um, one second. So it... And, 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 one second. Let's see if this is... Okay, so... Um, so they have 40 days of, of active rain. And that's 40 days before that. No, no, from here. It starts here. We start from the 14th of Pleasure. Can I erase Wait, part of it? Wait, but it says, yeah. it says there's 40 days and 40 nights. So it's like the rain. And then it says this timeline. That's when the well springs opened up. No, this is where it starts. Okay. No, no. You're going to end up, we're going to start on the 17th of Pleasure. We're going to call it the 17th of Pleasure. Okay? <clears throat> we're going to have 40 days of rain, top and bottom, okay? After 40 days of active rain from above and from below, we end up having 150 days of just storm. The water was not calm. The so they didn't get out yet. No, they did not get out yet. Yeah. 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 One year, actually. No. One second. The year. And then yeah. it takes, and then it takes 150 days for the water, then it's just like sort of water slowly settling. Okay, it's not storming anymore. It's still settling. Okay? Why so long? It's a lot of water. It is because when I was in the hurricane, that's the process that happened. I, mean, I, thought, it, I thought it was swelling. You had the storm and then it stopped and then the water swelled. No, the first, the Chumash tells us we have 150 days. You look inside, I didn't make it up. I mean, there's other stuff that I made up, but this I didn't make up. <laughs> wait, wait. Top and bottom, forty days. The window, the mayanot of the bottom and the and the windows of heaven. It's very interesting. And I was trying. I think it's at the end when when the, the marble ends. We'll talk about when the marble ends. Okay. We're doing fine. Okay. One hundred and fifty days of storm. Of the, it's storming. Got it. You found it. Am I right? Wait, it's saying it's saying swelling. So it's the storm you're talking about is the waters. The, right. There's no more. There's no more water coming into the picture. Right. But it's not calm. It's like. 
Yeah. Do you ever see an angry mm-hmm. sea? That's yeah. what it is. Okay. It's 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 mm-hmm. swelling seems very calm, like. It does. Right? Well, just it seems like they're just growing on their own, which is terrifying in itself. Right, right. right. Yeah, no, no. It's, it's, it's a storm, but it's not new water getting added into the picture. So then 150 days. Uh, and then you have 100 of it settling, and then the water starts to settle. It's my nightmare. What? Which part? Like a giant storm. Being stuck in the giant storm. Oh, huge. Isn't it like cozy, like, around? Like, like, that's like what it says. That's what it says. Okay? This makes more sense of why Edwin was so eager to get out. <laughs> Can I say 40 days would have also been a lot? No, I know. But it's even more. Exactly. The fact that he went and so then, right. And then, and then, and then the, the Chomish goes into a conversation about when the water settled enough for the ark to hit a mountaintop, but not yet be dry enough for him to go out. Okay? And then um, we have the conversation of what happens next? Hmm? What? So then, what does he do? He At some point, out. he, he sends out, out no, what he, he sends first? Crow. He sends out a raven first. Uh, he sends out a raven first. He's, he's, he's not sure what's going on. He opens the window, he sends out the raven. The raven kind of does back and forth and comes back in. Okay? Raven's not interested in this. Uh, Rashi says that the raven um, was a suspicious kind of bird. This is what Rashi says. I didn't make this up. And, um, and the, first of all, the raven thought that Noah wanted his wife. He wanted his mate, because there were only two. They're non-kosher birth. So he thought, oh, Noah wants to bump me off and take my beautiful raven wife. Um, that's one. And the Madrash actually says that the raven says, this is not my shlichus. This is not what I was created for. I was created that, just telling you, I didn't make it up. <laughs> that when Elijah is going to be hiding from the queen, the raven brought food. The ravens brought food to Elijah. Who said that, that the raven said this is not my mission? Um, I don't know if it's from Rashi. We can take a look where we, we talked about it. Anyway, it's, 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 if it's not, that it's, called the raven a what type of bird? Jealous? I called it a jealous. Rashi says it's a jealous bird also in a second. Uh, one second. He, then he waited more time. He opens the thing. He sends the Oreb Zion. Um, yeah, he, no, Rashi says that he was he was suspicious of Noah that he wanted his his, uh, his suspicious right, um, but but the Medrash talks about the idea that the Raven had another had another shlichus and it was to bring food to Elijah when he was ha- when he was hiding from uh, Ezevel I think mm-hmm. I think right, um, so then he waits a week and then he sends out the dove. The dove goes around, flies around, comes back. No, not the first time. Comes back. The dove comes back the first time with nothing. There's no place. There's nothing. Then a dove goes around a second time and comes back with an olive branch. And uh, um, I want vahine alezayt taraf befia. There is a plucked olive leaf. We're in, in verse eleven. There's a plucked olive leaf in. It's mouth, and so Noah knows that the water has uh, has come has subsided, right? Um, and and the Rebbe has a sifra, and he talks about the idea that why do we need so much detail? What kind of leaf? It was plucked from an olive tree. Like, bring me a leaf. Like, whatever, right? And and why is that? And then, then how does him bringing the leaf tell Noah that things are? Calmer, that things are calmer already. 
So, so, no, so, right, so the Rebbe points out that olive trees are very, very strong trees, and it's possible that trees would have survived, and there was enough time, the water had gone down for enough time, that there could have been a new leaf coming up on this tree. There's all different, the, 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 the mark is all different kinds of, that he went to Ganadin and he brought a leaf from Ganadin because Ganadin wasn't affected, like, how does that help? No, right? The Rebbe says, uh, uh, practically speaking, an olive tree is a very sturdy tree, and there was and there was enough time for a leaf to have grown. And because he saw that it was a plucked leaf, it wasn't just a leaf that he found floating on the water; it was a fresh leaf. That means there was enough time for water to have gone down low enough for the tree to start to regenerate. And that was a sign that yes, things are things are things are going on over here. Things are really moving. The bottom, uh, Rashi's ex- explanation of the Olive, like the bitter olive leaf is interesting. Bottom. Correct. So Rashi says that an olive leaf is bitter because we would rather have from Hashem than from humans, and it's it's also like a bittersweet kind of situation over here. Okay, chapter eight, verse thirteen. So now we have in the six hundred six six hundred first year for Noah. Um, in the. It's interesting. It's always whenever they say time, it's always on the seventh day. On the seventh. So every time they stated the date, it's always on the seventh. So this was seventeenth. We're beginning to start on the seventeenth. Oh, you're right. This is seventeenth, and now it's going to be on the twenty seventh. In the second month, in the twenty seventh day of the month, everything's dry. Okay. What? What? what, what, what? Chapter eight, verse fourteen. Okay. So that finally, in the six hundred and first year of Noah's life, in the first month. Uh, in the first, uh, the first of the month, all the waters cease from the thing, and Noah opens up the the seal on the ark, and you can see the you can see the you know you can see the you can see that everything was destroyed, and Bachodesh Hashani in the second month, in the sec the twenty seventh day of the month, the water is dried up. Okay. So that means we're going to go till the 27th, let's say we're going to continue with Cheshvan, which is going to be 601st year. So they're actually going to be in the ark for over a year. For what kind of year are they going to actually be in the ark? A leap year. Oh, wait, no, not a leap year. They're going to actually be in for 365 days. They're going to be in the ark. For a yeah, for a solar year, this oh, solar. it's a solar year. Well, because if you look at the because list. a solar and a lunar year are are eleven days short. Mm. Oh. oh, okay. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So they have this other ten days to catch up to the so the lunar and the solar are going to end up being because not exactly it's like a partial day also right so they're going to end up being in the ark for a year with another 11 days. That means a lunar year with another 11 days. So we're gonna end up coming out of the ark where we have this merging of lunar and solar, which is gonna be, if we've heard, this is gonna be a theme that we have a lot in Judaism. Where do we take this lunar and solar whether we're talking about the actual calendar, whether we're talking about the energy, mm-hmm. how do we blend it? We don't only take one or the other. 
we take, we have to have both. We have to make both of them work together, right? We're not as strictly this or strictly that. There are calendars that work like that. And the Jewish calendar is trying to marry both of those systems and headspaces together, right? And in the context of the arc, one of the things that we talk about is that both lunar and solar do have versions of light. But the, the lunar light doesn't look light. It's just a reflection of the sun, right? So there is this place that in our lives, we have times that we have light that's shining bright and beautiful and sun. And then there's times where it doesn't feel so sunny. And we have to know that that's our time to tap into our lunar space. It's not black. It's just a reflective kind of light that we have to tap into when we're in those spaces. And so when for them being in the arc for that amount of time is really, again, reminding us on another layer, we have to make lunar and solar work together. There are certain places in our lives, they're like, this is God, this is godly. We're making a bracha on our food, we're eating, whatever, all kinds of stuff, right? Those are clear solar God kind of things. And then there's like the, the majority of our life, which isn't like that. And so how do we put those pieces together and that's another thing before they spent enough time in. We talked about this in the last class about this messianic space of the ark of like this beautiful, harmonious space where all of that made sense and all of it was clear and all of it was so understandable. Like they got it all, right? Um, and, 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 then, and then they're going to have to step out of that. So I want to say three things. We're doing fine. We're doing really fine for time. First of all, when the when it talks about the the heavens and the, and, the, and clo- uh, the heavens and the 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 windows in the heaven and the mayanot on the bottom, so um, I, I lost the pasuk. I had it and then I lost it. So Rashi says that when the arcs when the flood starts, it says all the windows of heaven and all the wellsprings from on, from earth from on earth all open. But when it when it talks about them closing. It says that the, the windows of heaven and the wellsprings of earth close. It doesn't say all of them. So Rashi says that wellsprings that were going to be necessary for the world, um, for example, the wellsprings in Tiberia, different things, those, didn't, those were opened at the flood, but they weren't closed. When Mayanot started, we opened uh, at the men's program, we were dedicating the, the yeshiva. So uh, Rabbi Lau, who was then the chief rabbi came and he said that the things or the wellsprings that are going to be necessary for humanity didn't get closed. And he said that was his bracha to us, that as a mayan, we're one of the mayanot that didn't close. Um, mm-hmm. So that was, that I wanted to share wow. that because it felt, yeah. here we are and we're still learning Torah and that's super mm. important, super, super major. Okay. Um, so then, uh, so chapter eight, verse uh, 16, we have this commandment. Now we're back into couples. You and your wife and your sons and their wives, right? If in the ark they couldn't be together now, go and let's start, um, uh, you know, go start a new world. Um, and, and, um, when they, so I want to say something. When they leave, and I can't find the pasuk here because I should start taking this home to prepare so I'll have like little post-it notes in there, right? Um, they leave the, so when they, they leave the ark, first of all, like on a very human level, 
like how devastating would, was that experience? You know, I'm not talking about PTSD, but like, because uh, it wasn't even invented, but like, could you imagine like, you're out of commission for a year and you come back and like nothing and no one is there. There's no, you know. Start drinking. Huh? Yeah. That's why that's there. But I want to say, like, I, I, I think, I think it's, right, I think it's important to, like, pause for a second and say, what did they come out to see? Like, the guy that they always bought pizzas from is not there. The, 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 the person who, like, all their normal everything is gone. It's all gone. And, like, I you got to give them, like, a little bit of a space. I'm just saying, this is not, this is, this is my, my own opinion. Like, the human part of it, how hard was it to get out and start again without having any familiar, familiar uh, points of reference? Um, that's one thing. The other thing is that Hasidus talks about it a lot, um, that the 40 days of the rain coming is comparable to a mikvah. So that the world went through, they come out to a new world. They come out to, it's not just, oh, what was, they're coming out to something totally, totally renewed and rejuvenated and mikvahized. Like the whole thing got dumped into, the whole world got dumped into, got dumped into a mikvah. And so now the question of where's the potential and how do we move in from there is also very, very awesome and very amazing and very scary. And one of the things that we have is Noah says Hashem, like, we start this up again? How do we, how do we go? Like, maybe it's all going to happen again. Maybe this is all going to just, you know, we're going to have children and we're going to start again and blah, blah, blah. And then it's all going to get wiped out. Like, how do you, where's, you know, you need faith to be able to, I was talking to very about it this morning, like, like the, the post-Holocaust generation, like that place to come and step into the world again and rebuild and believe in the fact that it could be a good world is very, very, it's just such an amazing thing that's, that's able to do, that they were able to do. So a few things. First of all, the first thing that Noah does when he comes out of the ark is that he brings sacrifices. He says, why do I have so many of these kosher animals? So he brought sacrifices to Hashem. And he also said to Hashem, um, and this is me paraphrasing Noah because Noah didn't speak to God like this. He's like, how do we make sure this doesn't happen again? This is, this is too big and too scary. How do we make sure that this doesn't happen again? And, um, and Hashem says that this will, we will never suspend all of the laws of nature. And, and from the word that Hashem says, there will never be uh, the secession of, we understand that during the time of the flood, there was a secession of seasons and days and nights and the whole solar panel, everything just stopped for that amount of time. And what does Hashem um, what does Hashem say? What are we going to give you? What's the sign? The rainbow. The rainbow. Okay. That means that's how we know the rainbow is a bad thing. Yeah. So, so, right. So what's interesting is like, um, I remember learning about this and then like, you know, when we were growing up and all like kids' rooms were, were decorated like the rainbows yeah. and it was like, it was like the prettiest little thing and then I'm like, <gasps> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, why is okay. okay, so what's the rainbow? So Hashem says, I'm going to give you a rainbow. There's going to be a rainbow, not the rainbow in, in the gasoline on the floor. When you see a true rainbow in the sky, it's a sign 
And Hashem wanted to destroy the world, and he's not going to because he made this covenant that he's never going to destroy the world again. And just because you made that covenant, not because of not because you deserve it, no, but but right. So then there's a so first of all, very interesting. There's halachic ramifications. If you see a rainbow in the sky, there's actually a bracha that you say when you see a rainbow. And there's also, and I don't know if this is halacha minhag Jewish superstition, the things we tell the kids to keep them in line. If you see a rainbow in the sky, you're not supposed to tell it to anybody else. You're not supposed to point it out to anybody else because mm. it could just be a personal message to you. Ah. You know, Ooh, so... I don't like that. You know it's cute. I do. <laughs> what? There's a, I taught the whole thing about how rainbows work. Okay, good. I don't care about the... Anyways, there's a lot of really cool lessons on how it works. So you're going to give us that in a second, but I want to say something very cool about the rainbow specifically, and we're going to finish with that. We're not getting to the Tower Bubble because we did it last week. We're not going to the genealogy because we're going um, to run out of time. So there's a conversation in the Gemara. Is a rainbow a new creation? Or is it God just said, this is going to be the sign? Mm-hmm. And the majority opinion is, is that there was no such thing as a rainbow really? before the flood. And something in the post-flood reality allows a rainbow to, to be made. Well, and uh, you're going to correct me if I'm wrong. But a rainbow essentially is when the mist comes up from, from down here, going up, and the sunlight coming down refracts through those droplets. No? I'm totally wrong? It doesn't have to be a mist. Okay, but it could be, or it could be rain. Yeah. And the sunlight refracting through it. Now, the first thousand years of history, we talked about last year, we met, last week we mentioned that it was a space of chesed. There was un, there was like Hashem was giving, 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 years, giving. So. Their years were so long, everything, people were big, it was like everything was mass. But what's the problem if you can only receive? You can't give nothing. You can't give, and if you turn away, there was no way really to come back. Now we know the kind does tshuva, but, uh, but in, as, a, as a global thing, if they decided to turn away from Hashem, Hashem had no choice but to destroy them. Because it was just this direction, it was a downward flow from Hashem, here, take it, catch, catch, catch. What happens if you stop catching? It falls on the floor, you don't have it anymore, right? You don't say, oh, I'm gonna re-get it. The post-flood, post-mikvarized world, the, 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 the opaqueness, that place of, of it's only coming in one direction, is gonna stop. And then we are able to now have a relationship in two ways. We are able to reach up to Hashem, and have our own initiative, and have our own, and Hashem can give us. Now, it is fraught with danger, because we could decide to just, you know, skip out on a mission, right? And then Hashem is not going to destroy us, but that place of, of, of this a two-way relationship, that was not a pre-flood reality. Pre-flood, it was only receiving what Hashem had to give, and now we have the reality where we're able to give to Hashem, and it, and in the, in the Gemara, and the Medrash talks about the idea that actually the nature of the, of, the, of the heavens changed so they weren't so opaque, and that's what allows a rainbow to be created. So the fact that that was the sign is almost the symbol that says we can affect each other. Mm-hmm. Because, the, because of the ways that a, that a rainbow is, that it's going to now refract light. It's not just one way, so that's sort of a, 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 like a charge to us to reach forward and to reach up to Hashem. 
Okay, just a lot of things we didn't cover in the parsha. Shocking mm-hmm. but true. Um, <laughs> That's good. But, but I want, but I want, but I want to give us a bracha. I want to give us a bracha that we understand how powerful we are, that we are capable of building a teva. We are capable of building an ark, and not only an ark that will sustain us and protect us, but that it will actually help and protect the people around us. The Hayyamim for today says, that talks about the power of learning Torah, that it doesn't only affect the person who's learning, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it, it also protects and helps the people in their family to create a, an atmosphere of learning Torah and Yerushalayim. Um, so I want to give us all a bracha that we understand how powerful our learning is and that how we need to step into that table. To, uh, none of us need to be told that there is a storm raging around around us. We, nobody needs, we don't need to hear that. Like We know that one. But, but we have the power to insulate ourselves. Not in a bad way, but in a way of protection. And when we spread that protection, we, this is my terminology, we spread the force field to the people that we love and are part of our, part of our you know, spiritual bubble uh, to protect them as well. So have an awesome rest of the week. Have a great Shabbos. And yeah.